Well, hello, Smorgasporters, and welcome once again to the Smorgasporter podcast. I'm your host, Dave Swan. I'm sure you've heard the saying, I have a gut feeling. Well, there's a lot more to that saying than mere words. It indeed means something very real. Today, we explore how what we do, and indeed what we eat, can affect our mental state of well-being. Smorgasporter contributor Alex Benno talks with Jess Gardner, a qualified naturopath who has been working at Living Valley Health Retreat in Kinkin, north of Noosa, for some nine years now. Jess has a bachelor degree in health sciences. She's currently furthering her studies into agricultural health and medicine and has plans to undertake a master's in human nutrition. She is certainly a very engaging, interesting and switched on lady when it comes to food and and nutrition. Uh, Jess explains ways our diet and certain foods we eat can not only affect us physically but also emotionally. Jess also talks through how our environmental footprint can indeed be linked all the way back to how we think and feel. We also touch on the potentially catastrophic consequences of an oil spill in the Great Australian Bight and how that can not only affect our ecosystem but indeed our personal health. A big thanks must go out to our podcast sponsors right now, Ship Shape Self Storage at Yatla at the northern end of the Gold Coast. At Ship Shape, you will find secure, impeccably clean and affordable storage in 20-foot shipping containers for as little as $200 per month. Being shipping containers, they're, of course, watertight. They're made of steel, so they are incredibly secure and easy to access. That's the important thing. You can drive right up to the container and load or unload your stuff. No carrying all your crap up and down stairs and down narrow corridors. Best of all, there's no long-term contract. If you're relocating, storing business equipment, you want to house a boat, a car, a caravan, you can store your stuff and pay month by month. For the most secure and affordable self-storage or great container homes, go to shipshapeselfstorage.com.au. Our podcast is also brought to you by BOQ Budrum on the Sunshine Coast. The team at BOQ Budrum just don't talk dollars, they talk sense. Let's face it, running a business is hard enough without getting caught up in all the financial jargon. Equally, buying a home can be made a hell of a lot more stressful than it needs to be. What you really need in a bank is someone you can relate to, someone who's not caught up in themselves or or on making you jump through hoops. BOQ Budrum are down to earth and easy to chat to, and that is why we at Smorgasporter bank with them. Well, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy our chat with Jess Gardner. Um, my name is Jess Gardner. Um, I'm one of the naturopaths at Living Valley Health Retreat. Uh, I've been working here for almost nine years now. So mm, once wow. you start working here, you basically just never leave. Uh, so I finished my bachelor degree in health sciences back in 2010. And I've just been doing a little bit more um, further study in um, my graduate uh, certificate in agricultural health and medicine. So I've kind of explored a little bit more on the health promotion elements and now I've kind of decided that I'm going to do 
my master's in human nutrition. So perfect. All right, just keep going. (laughs) Okay, so basically, we're here to speak about surfing and mental health. Yes. So, Jess, tell us a bit of the correlation where you can see between surfing and our mental health. Yeah. Well, I guess like any kind of area that we're sort of really looking at, it comes down to looking at the population. So Mm -hmm. for me, with my further study in agricultural health, I'm looking at farmers. And my main area was really about mental health in farming communities. So it's really obviously applicable to surfing when we look at you know, it's, it's very unique. So every individual, you know, it could be some guy in Bondi, you know, that just, you know, is surfing out in the city or whether it's, you know, some random person up in the good old Northern Territory, you know, surfing yeah. around crocodiles or We're all or bound sharks. to encounter yeah. some sort of trauma in our life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is, you know, no one can escape this. That's my biggest thing that I've noticed over the years is that, you know, whether we're exposed to traumas, they come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. whether it's something that we've got from family history, whether it's, you know, personality traits, there's a lot of, you know, obviously elements that can either be really overt, so they can be really obvious, or it might be something that's really covert and kind of mm-hmm. quiet and sort of can bubble away in the background. So, um, you know, I guess one of the biggest things is with my research that I have done around mental health is that when we look at the World Health Organization and some of the things they tend to suggest that mental health um, and physical health is combined. So they tend to say um, a unique, um, it's unique to individuals, circumstances, mm-hmm. life events, etc. Um, and interestingly, so back in 2017, there was over um, 970 million people that were affected worldwide. Yeah, so wow. It's pretty profound. Wow. Yeah. That's a big number. Okay. So how can we relate, you know, our diet? How can our diet have an effect on our mental health? Yeah, I guess there's a number of ways. So I think probably the thing that I'm really looking at, looking at is just how much our, our physical health, our nutritional health mm-hmm. and our mental health are all interconnected. I think when I see individuals, you can never just put them into a certain box. You know, okay. it's like, okay, you know, this person has anxiety or this person has depression. We're looking at those sort of upstream factors that could be influencing and having a flow on effect. So, um, you know, this, you know, this is where, you know, our physical health just has such a profound influence on that. So I've got a nice little list together of some of the really common things. Um, And again, this is unique. You know, I mean, we could be looking at the individual. We could be looking at, you know, their family history, etc. But, you know, Mm. there's so much more research about how our, you know, our environment, you know, where we live, all of those elements impact on that as well. So we're looking at the individual specifically. Uh, Gut health is probably number one place to start. So um, there's a couple of really interesting things that are coming out in research. So number one is just how our bacteria can actually um, are involved in the process of making our neurotransmitters. So 80% of our serotonin, which is our little happy neurotransmitter, is actually formulated within the gut, which is really quite amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. A connection from all the way down there up into the head. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is that I've often seen that a lot of my patients, you know, can have gut feelings. Mm -hmm. And from research, they have found that we actually have a nerve that connects from our brain and connects to our digestion. So, so that's where the saying comes from, I guess. Yes, I mean, I've got absolutely. A gut yeah, and like, wow. you know, if you get stressed out or anxious, you get those little butterfly kind hmm. of feelings as well. So that is what we call the vagus nerve. So the okay. vagus nerve is um, sort of what we call our rest and digest. It's hmm. more our calming nerve. And what's interesting, there's actually more nerve communication going from the gut 
to the brain. So if scientists are really looking at how if there's a disruption in our gut, yeah. that can actually have a profound impact on how we think and how we feel. Yeah, on our mood and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Wow, so that is super interesting. Mm-hmm. So again, um, you know, when we're thinking about the gut, you know, it really comes back to one of the obvious things I often see is actually parasites. Okay. So I often get my patients to go and get a parasite test done through their GP and um, you know, if there is parasites or an imbalance in that bacteria that can actually create a lot of gut inflammation. So that can then affect how well you absorb nutrients and how much that's actually getting made to actually make those neurotransmitters. So the next one is toxins. Um, I don't do it so much now because everyone just has toxins um, from the research uh, that's been done in this area. We actually all have from research a toxic burden. So that means that there is no one that is not, you know, got sort of certain unique toxins that are specific to them. Yep. So some of the really obvious ones uh, can be mercury, cadmium, lead. And we can get this through our cooking. We could get this through the stuff that's in our home environment, our you know our work environment. Yep. There's so many different places that we can accumulate these. And it's something that happens over time. So, for example, mm. I had quite high mercury um, when I actually did a toxic um, heavy metal test. And I from research found out that it actually came from my mom so breastfeeding is actually one of the best ways to detox a mother but probably one of the best ways to tox a child oh really yeah it's like a win-lose situation yeah (laughs) exactly so you know some of these things can we can store these toxins Mm. for our whole lives so Mm -hmm. you know when you think about that accumulation it can be quite profound we now know from research those toxins can impact on our neurotransmitters our nerve function and actually how those things actually communicate and connect together as well. Inflammation is a real biggie. uh, And I tend to find like, again, some of the really exciting research is coming out about how when we're inflamed systemically, uh, that can actually impact on how well our neurotransmitters in our brain attach to the receptors and do their job properly. Mm -hmm. So the research came out where if they coupled, for example, a antidepressant with um, some sort of pain medication, it could have a more, you know, beneficial effect than just the antidepressant itself. So some of the research that's really been done, um, there's actually some clinical trials that have been done on some key nutrients that can be beneficial and one of those in a clinical trial recently um, was with turmeric. So turmeric is a beautiful anti-inflammatory spice. It's like that we were talking about the other day. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it's actually been shown to stop inflammation at a number of levels within our body. So the more we can actually reduce that inflammation, then that actually helps those neurotransmitters to attach more effectively to receptors so your body can pick up those messages that your body's actually putting down. You'd be more in sync with your body, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So the mind, uh, this is probably one of my favorite areas to really talk about because when we are thinking of, you know, a lot of mental health things, it really comes back to, I see a correlation between mental health and stress. And so often what happens is over time from research, they tend to find that we when we become stressed out, that can become prolonged and mm-hmm. it can actually change how our brain perceives stressful situations. So, you know, instead of it being like for reserved for those little times where, you know, there is actually something stressful going on, mm-hmm. we've got an alarm system in our brain called the amygdala. And so okay. it's actually to detect when there are actually stressful situations, but it can start having warning lights 
that go on at all different times for very mm. small things. And I'm sure, you know, a, a lot of people can really relate to the fact where, you know, they've had a stressful situation, they've said things that they don't mean, or they fully fly off the handle and it was something tiny and little. So, Definitely. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, we all can relate to that. <laughs> so our brain uh, is something that we can either train for mm-hmm. fight or flight, or we can actually retrain it to be able to, you know, really navigate cool, yeah. calm, etc. So, some of the ways that I really recommend that um, is, you know, through mindfulness, deep breathing. Um, there's some brilliant apps that you can get on your phone these days. Yeah. Headspace is another really great one as well. Okay. And there's also some really interesting research coming back to what we call heart rate variability, which is how that's going back to that vagus nerve, yep. which is your rest and digest nerve, can actually really help to um, influence and calm and self-regulate our body. So um, there's actually some mm-hmm. really great training stuff out there on heart rate variability and there's also some great apps that you can get on your phone as well so the next one uh is building social capital yeah so i think one of the things i've noticed a lot with my patients is you know when they're experiencing low moods or they're anxious depressed or whatever might be going on with their mental health one of the most common things i tend to find that we do is we withdraw so we can tend to be more prone than to social isolation so then you know that's when other elements start kicking into gear yeah exactly So one of the things that I've really tried to encourage my patients to do a lot more is to do the opposite of what we feel, and that is to connect. Yep, put yourself out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think within a surfing community, that can be a really great... You've got a common love, you know, and it's getting out. can be having some really great chats, and you're waiting for a Exactly. If you're both in the water, you've both got something in common, I guess. Exactly. That's right. And often, I mean, I've got a lot of patients that are surfers as well that, Mm -hmm. you know, really we've had these conversations before where I'm like, well, facilitate that and make that go further, you know, go and organize a bonfire in the afternoon down at the beach or whatever that might be. Because from research, again, they've found that, you know, when we are stressed out and we've got, you know, hormones running through our body that impact on that Mm -hmm. stress state, you know, those things actually can be really um, quietened by yeah. connection. So what they found is that connection um, will release a hormone called oxytocin. Okay. So oxytocin is our love hormone yeah. and it's involved in giving us those really nice, cool, like, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah, I know. We all know the feeling, I'm oh, pretty sure. Oh, we do. <laughs> and I think, you know, the thing is that if we... You know, I, we can relate to having a good, deep and meaningful conversation. You know, you come away from that, you feel like you've been in a coma of just awesomeness for ages. So, you know, being able to just, you know, have those, again, what I've found is that, you know, when you're having a little bit more vulnerable, you know, you're having a little bit more of those deep, real, raw conversations. Mm-hmm. And again, when we look at mental health, stoicism is something that they look at in research where we tend to shut down, not talk about it, and no one really knows. Mm-hmm. But that's where the magic is when you actually unpack that and you actually talk about it because it's amazing, like I said, whether someone's been through it, are going to go through it or will go it through it in the future, it will impact us all mm-hmm. at some point in time. And, you know, when we're actually connected and we can actually talk about that, you know, some of the darkness that we often experience around that can actually be used for a lot of light and a lot of good as well. Definitely. And so that facilitates, again, that oxytocin and, yeah. you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling. So that oxytocin is an antidote to excess adrenaline and cortisol. Yeah, okay. So adrenaline and cortisol are the ones that come from our little adrenal glands that increase that, you know, state of arousal and stress response and that, you know, heart rate going up and 
mm-hmm. blood pressure. So, you know, again, when we are actually connecting, we can actually do that and yeah. cool that down, which is cool. Um, the other one is, I mean, I guess just talking about our neurotransmitters in general. So serotonin is our happy neurotransmitter. That's the one that we sort of obviously notice a lot with, you know, that feeling of, you know, joy, satisfaction, purpose, meaning in life, etc. Um, and the other one, the other two I like talking about is dopamines and GABA. So dopamine is, um, we need all our neurotransmitters and we need them to be balanced. So dopamine can often be heightened when we are often a little bit more addictive or we're kind of, you know, in this cycle where, you know, you kind of keep doing the same thing and you want to try and, you know, bring real some of these habits back, whether I might be smoking or drinking or all of those elements, habits habits come into it. And again, you know, if we're talking about stress, you know, something that often happens is, you know, when we get stressed out, our brain goes, well, how can we feel good right now? So that's when our little dopamine can kind of kick and into gear. And go, to, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, anything, that, you know, whether it's alcohol, yeah, yeah. food, um, shopping, like yeah. whatever that is, just to kind of give them that, oh, everything's all right in the world again. Mm-hmm. So again, we're sort of trying to address those upstream things. Well, how come, you know, you might be experiencing that more addictive element? what's stressing you out, what other things might be impacting on how you think and how you feel. So it's important to deal with the stress before it leads on to that dopamine. That's right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And then GABA is my other favorite to talk about. So GABA is a neurotransmitter that's really cooling. So it really puts the lead on anxiety. So um, it really needs, all of these really need protein to function. Okay. So this will tie in obviously to talking a little bit about nutrition soon, but you know, proteins are in our eggs, our meat, our nuts, our seeds, our legumes, our beans, um, you know, all of those amino acids that come from that protein are essential for making all of these particular neurotransmitters. So if we're kind of missing out on that protein element, that will actually influence then those neurotransmitters as well. Very interesting. Okay, so hormones. So again, obviously, men and women both surf. So if we break this down into looking at men's hormones, uh, again, I'm seeing this a lot more frequently, and especially in young people as well, where men's testosterone levels are really super duper low. So that actually can come down to a number of reasons. But stress, if you've got stress, then you will end up probably shafting a lot of your energy into making stress hormones Mm -hmm. than actually producing testosterone. So testosterone is important for how you think, how you feel. It's actually the stuff that gives you your mojo, your energy, and all of that element as well. Um, And then for women, uh, depending on our hormones and how that's functioning as well, probably one of the most common things I tend to see is low progesterone. So progesterone is our beautiful little hormone that we produce um, throughout our cycle. um, And it's important for regulating that GABA, that cooling, calming neurotransmitter. So um, often what can happen is, you know, we tend to have an imbalance in our female hormones and that affects then how we think and how we feel. So from research, they're finding that there's two key things that really influence that. Um, One of those comes down to nutritional building blocks and just not getting enough of those guys. And then the other one is actually uh, looking at what we call endocrine disrupting chemicals. So endocrine disrupting chemicals are chemicals within our environment that actually influence or have a hormonal like effect. And probably one of the most profound ones uh, is BPA, which comes from plastic. 
Yes. So this is probably a good time to talk about our oceans. Yes. And why Where we plastic actually comes into it. Okay. <laughs> why we really need to look after our oceans, not because you know, well, well, yes, because of the fact that we need to support our environment, but yeah. also not because of that. It's also looking at how we can support ourselves as ourselves well. Ourselves and our health. Yes. Because what they're finding is with sea salt, for example, um, it's actually got plastic through it. Like yeah. you know, any of the tests that you do on as sea salt is actually quite high in that so which is why at living valley we tend to recommend a lake salt because it doesn't actually have any sort of plastic or anything like that Mm -hmm. so you know it's pretty profound because definitely again scary yeah i mean and the other thing is with bpa like that actually can have mood altering effects so that has been shown to be associated with mental health conditions as well um, but it also increases our risk of chronic diseases and drives inflammation in our body. So again, if we're going back to linking it to inflammation and how that affects our brain, there's a number of pathways that this can actually affect our yeah. health, which affects our physical and mental health as well. That's insane. All right. Well, do you want to walk us through um, some nutrition? Yes. Yeah, and mental health. What's foods that can help us, you know? Yeah, definitely. Stable mental health. Sure. So I guess nutrient density is something that I'm really passionate about educating about. So, you know, this is where we want to try and get protein in. We want to try and get some fat and we want to try and get, you know, your fiber. So typically speaking, if I'm going to talk about, you know, your proteins and fats, I'm often talking about sourcing that from animal sources. So eggs, meat, cultured dairy, etc. Um, and then also obviously your nuts, your seeds, your legumes, your beans, because you need, again, like I said, you know, you need those fats, um, to be able to make a lot of your hormones. Um, you need those proteins to be able to make those neurotransmitters to balance things out. So people will often tend to, uh, you know, skip brekkie and kind of get into the day and, you know, we're actually really missing out on our normal requirements for protein and fat. So, you know, it is really important to try and sort Definitely. of look at making sure that we are having those good meals per day. So, you know, typically for me, I'm having eggs and veggies for Becky in the morning. Um, you know, again, when we're looking at fiber, we're looking at, you know, getting lots of vegetables yep. in um, and our fermented foods as well. So okay. like I said, we want to look after our little gut bacteria. Yep. So sauerkraut, and- sauerkraut, your kimchi, your fermented, you know, yogurts and things like that as well uh, is really, really important. So Uh, say after going for a surf in the morning, you know, you get out and you're tired. We all know the feeling. really want to have a big, big feed. What's what's one of the best foods you can have at that certain time to replace everything? Look, honestly, any, like whatever you gravitate towards that does have a protein and fat element to it with some fiber. So, you know, for me, I I would just be like, get into your eggs and your veg. Um, You know, some of my patients are like lamb chops in the morning and some veggies. Um, or, you know, slow cooking overnight is a really great thing Mm -hmm. to do, especially if you've been like smashing in the surf for like hours (laughs) and you want like a big feed, you know, there's nothing greater than coming home to like some sort of slow cooked meal. Uh, and the other benefit is with slow cooking, you know, if you've got the bone in there, you've got that gelatin and the collagen. So that's the stuff that is like, you know, for our joints, that's for our gut health. And that's also those amino acids are for our brain. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be where the fuel is. I mean, if you're vegetarian or vegan, you know protein powders are really great so your rice etc um again you know your nuts your you know your legumes your beans all of those are really great elements so. okay so talking about food um not just the ocean yes walk us through a bit of regenerative agriculture yeah yes and so, yeah, we're connected to that not only to the ocean i know but yeah. 
I know. So, I mean, you know, if you're a surfer, you don't just always live in the ocean. Yeah. You do actually want that. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of where I guess my little bit of research kind of comes into it. And I'm really passionate about educating people around connecting with your food source again. You know, because the thing is, like, if you pick something, uh, you know, as soon as you pick it, it starts to lose its vitamin and mineral status. Okay. So, you know, especially things that can be often in Coles and Woolies, you know, they can be picked sometimes weeks in advance. So, you know, yep. this is where we want to try and get that food and nutrition getting local again. So, you know, that connects, you know, people with where they are. And that builds social connections. It supports connections, your community as well. It supports right. your community. And when you look at your food, like, you know, there's so many vitamins and minerals that, you know, your plants are trying to actually get down in and actually pull up so that it's actually in our food. Yeah. So, you know, it is important to really, you know, connect with your farmers about this, go to farmers markets and also food variety and diversity. Yeah. So our little bacteria really feed off diversity. So okay. lots of color in there. Like I went to the farmers markets the other day. And I learned about like three other random veggies that I'd never seen in my life. But because I went to the farmer's markets and they're growing these little heirloom sort of variety things, yeah. you know, I, I actually, I got this funk, like this beautiful mushroomy kind of thing. It's lion's mane. And wow. that's actually an amazing mushroom for brain and neuroprotective and, you know, also stress management, um, you know, boosting effects as well yeah. so you know if we're actually getting back to really loving on our farmers that are doing a really great work regenerative agriculture is um, there's two different types of farming but um, the one that I tend to really encourage and support is regenerative so that's really looking at building and supporting the soil looking at getting those minerals in, sustainable practices that go with that you know because we often can have a negative thought process around our agriculture but there are actually two types and I would actually say that a lot of our farmers especially in the regenerative area are you know environmentalists so to yeah. speak so our ecology on like you know our environment does impact on how we are as a person and our health as well definitely if people wanted to know more about that, what are some you know some other podca- podcasts they could listen to? Yeah, you know? so again, education is really important. Yes. And I think, you know, something I've seen a lot with my patients is that, you know, they just don't really know where to start. Yeah. You know, they, they feel overwhelmed, they feel a little stressed out or they feel anxious. Yeah, it's a bit overwhelming, you know, you want to live a healthy life, but totally. it's so hard. You've got to yeah. do shopping there, exactly. shopping there. It's sometimes just easier to go to Coles exactly. or Woolies. Or... Totally. And I mean, if that's where we're starting, that's where we're starting. Yeah. So it's about, again, you know, treating the individual. Every patient that comes through my doors has unique stuff going on, you know, unique ways to actually tackle the bigger, broader elements. But I think everyone needs to get educated and empowered. And I think what we're doing right here is, you know, a great example of that. A podcast is excellent. So there are some really good podcasts out there. So shout outs to um, The Low Tox Life. Okay. It's really great. Um, Your Health Guide by Metagenics is yep. also a really brilliant one for just talking about their last two podcasts are actually on mental health. So a really great one to tap into. Um, Broken Brain by Dr. Mark Hyman is also another really excellent one as well. And there's a whole heap of topics on there um, to really start getting more information. You know, it's it's what we call sort of health literacy. So 
getting that information bank really stocked up and exploring other avenues as well. You know, you might have a chat to a nutritionist or you might, you know, go and do some acupuncture or, you know, you might, you know, even just going to your GP and getting, um, you know, a full round of bloods and seeing whether there might be elements to why you're feeling tired or run down or all those things as as well. Exactly. Changing your diet, eating certain foods and yeah. Yeah. One of my main ones, especially when we're looking at mental health, um, is Dr. Adrian um, Leprosti. And he uh, specializes in uh, not just um, psychology, but then also the broader elements of our food, our movement, how we think, how we feel. And he's actually got a really great um, online course. And he also can do like Skype sessions and all of that as well. And he actually did research um, specifically on, um, I think it was uh, anxiety and how um, specific nutrients like B vitamins uh, and turmeric was another one that was part of the study that yeah. can actually have a profound effect on people's mental health. So it might be something to kind of put, put in Definitely. the show notes as well, which would be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, exploring other health modalities. <laughs> yeah. So I guess... Here we go there. You know, again, mental health can really take on a couple of different avenues. And I think, you know, some of my patients, I'm referring them to go and see an exercise physiologist to kind of really look at a plan to, you know, look at movement or I'm recommending them to go and do some yoga or exploring, you know, mindfulness or deep breathing or, you know, those other elements as well. Or even probably one of the other really big ones I should be discussing is, you know, sleep therapy and talking about how like, you know, our sleep really impacts on how we feel and we can all relate to... Definitely, you can wake yeah. up after having a shitty yes, sleep and exactly. you're just they're a monster. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, you know, there's so much research on how sleep affects our moods. So if we're not really sleeping well, we're, you know, it's broken, over time that can have an accumulative effect. So, you know, one of the main hormones that we release at nighttime... Um, is melatonin. So melatonin's job is to actually do all that protective repairing and regenerating. And, you know, if we're anxious or depressed or, you know, our moods are all over the place and that we carry that into our sleep, that can actually really reduce then the, the release of that melatonin as well. And the other big problem in, and this is our 21st century digital age is our phones. So in the research, it suggests that at least an hour to an hour and a half before you go to bed, you should switch off your electronic device because of the blue light. So the blue light from our screens, you know, that's TV, laptops, computers, etc. That blue light actually tells your brain that it's still daytime. So mm-hmm. when you actually go to sleep, you're actually not getting that miracle, you know, little glue for our brain to really repair and regenerate. So you could still be asleep, but really have poor quality sleep. Yeah. Because you're not doing the right things to be able to really enhance that melatonin that does its job at cleaning and repairing so that you can wake up early and, you know, get out in the surf and, you know, you feel yeah. like you're fresh as a daisy. Yeah, okay, so, definitely. It can be linked yeah. all the way back to that. Wow. That's, that's right. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, fight for the bite. Yes. How could a major oil spill have an impact on our health? Yeah, so something I've been learning about in my further studies has been um, we look at different models of health. So one of those is called the socio-ecological, social ecological model of health. So this looks at, you know, us as an individual, but then the broader, larger upstream things that can impact on our health. So, you know, our environment 
will influence an impact on our health. So Definitely. this looks back to, you know, if there was an oil spill or something like that, then, you know, that could impact on our, you know, our food sources that could impact on, we don't even know where that could go. Which is already going back to plastic, you know, Correct. how it's found in salt and how That's that right. can have an effect on our mental Absolutely. health. Absolutely. And, you know, the toxins that can be in oil, you know, if that got into our food sources. And then when you think about, you know, the, the ecological model of that, where, you know, the, the entire ecosystem, you know, what happens when that actually starts to die or, Mm. you know, then we don't really know where that could go as far as how do that impacts on climate change or the ocean pressures and all of that, because then that could influence then how we grow our food and, you know, whether we end up getting rain, whether, you know, we could go so far back into so many different elements because that could change, you know, the entire environment, not just within that area but actually throughout the entire world yeah it could have an extensive effect on the whole entire world yeah so it's a huge it's a huge area of discussion and i think that you know everything comes back to raising awareness and you know advocating for change in these kind of areas because it, it, it's not just about the environment. It actually will impact on our health physically, but also mentally as well. You know, I see a lot of anxiety around, you know, certain natural disasters taking place. So oh, definitely the effect yeah. is enormous. That's know, right. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Like look, for example, in, um, it's not a natural disaster, but look for the, the bombings in Sri Lanka. Totally. At the moment, the effect yeah. that that can have not only in Sri Lanka, but yeah. worldwide. That's right, absolutely. Because I mean, everyone's connected in yeah, some way or another. Absolutely. I mean, the drought's another example with mm. farming out west. Like, you know, that increases a lot of sort of um, that sort of physiological distress as well. Yeah. So that leads on to further mental health conditions. So. Yeah, it's it's broader and larger. You know, we have to look at a larger lens, you know, and, and apply that lens to this kind of systems thinking approach where we're not looking at something in isolation and going, you know, okay, yes, this would be bad for, you know, down in the bite. Yeah. This would actually be bad for the entire human population. Definitely. So, yeah. Okay, goal setting. Where can someone, if they're facing mental health problems at the moment, sure. you know, what, what goals can they set, you know? Totally. So, you know, I guess we've talked about a lot, so that can be a little overwhelming and yeah. it's like, okay, well, where the heck do I start? I would always recommend working with someone that you feel comfortable with, you know, whether that's your GP, whether that's a naturopath, a nutritionist, and actually really start to formulate a plan and, you know, explore some of these areas that might be contributing to your physical health, which can also impact on your mental health as well. But I guess the first place I really start with patients is, um, you know, just taking, you know, a couple of things and writing them on your calendar or putting like a little calendar together where you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then down one column, you've just got your little goals. So for some of my patients, I just don't drink enough water. And that can make you feel tired, that can make you feel run down, that can affect how you think and how you feel because our brain is mostly made up of fat and water. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it was, you know, the goal is to drink 2.5 litres of water per day and physically, you know, actually tick it off. So we want to train the brain to actually just start to get into a habit and a ritual. So it takes around about sort of three to four weeks to really properly implement or, you know, break down an old or a new habit. So, um, you know, that might be, you know, I'm wanting to focus on nutrition this week or I want to to go to the farmer's markets on Saturday. Correct. Exactly. And actually putting it there. And I would revise that little goals and I would only have like three or four max that you're actually focusing on for the next month. 
And you know, they can be small or they can be larger changes. And then each month rotate that because the further you kind of get through it, the more habits you form, the more things you pick up. And like I said, if you're listening and getting informed about things that you can do, not just for your mental health, but your physical health Mm -hmm. as a broader sense of that as well, then, you know, you're actually going to have other areas, you know, that are just going to have, you know, just naturally start to come into line as well. You're going to explore and find out, you know, what works best for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Beautiful, Jess. Well, um, thank you very much. No worries. Appreciate that so much. Thank you very much. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I guess one of the things... I just tend to find that there does tend to be a lot of stigma around mental health. And I really, I even had a chat to one of my patients today about it. It's, you know, this is, you know, a distress within the body. This is, this is not actually a response that's like, oh, you know, I've got anxiety and like, you know, I'm going to tell you, like, I just feel awful about this or I just don't understand how I can sort this out. You know, it's just understanding that this is a biochemical and physiological process that your brain is telling your body And, you know, there actually can be broader, larger, you know, things that can be actually contributing to that. So, you know, instead of just pigeonholing it straight away. Correct. Exactly. So, yeah, explore it, put your hand up, you know, have a chat to people about it. Like I said, you'd be surprised at how many people have been affected by things. And just having a vulnerable conversation can really open up a lot of doors. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing how much, you know, when people actually talk about it, they realize that, you know, sometimes the problem isn't as big as what is going on, you know, in their head as well. And like I said, that opens up connection, communication, um, and all of those elements actually, you know, can have a profound impact on our journey towards better health. So lovely. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed Alex Benno's chat with Jess Gardner. Remember, if you want to read more, you want to find out more, you want to see more, get yourself a home delivery subscription to Smorgasbord at smorgasbord.com.au. $25 covers postage and handling. The mag is still free and you get four superb editions delivered to your door. Or you can simply download a digital edition free of charge from our website, smorgasporter.com.au. Thanks once again to our podcast sponsors, Shipshape Self Storage at Yatla at the northern end of the Gold Coast. Secure, impeccably clean and affordable storage for as little as $200 a month with no lock-in contracts. Thanks as well to BOQ Budrum, the down-to-earth team to talk to, for all your personal and small business financial needs. Until next week, catch you later, Smorgasbordas. Get out there and get wet.